0: What a dreary day. Ugh, just yucky out there. Yes, a reminder lots of rain in the area, so it's very hard to see the vehicles on the roads. So please, whatever you do, for the love of me, don't turn on your headlights. I don't need to see you. Let's all have accidents. What could go wrong? News Talk 1110 993 WBT. The phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. And uh, the email is Pete at the PeteCalendarShow.com, uh, which is convenient because I'm Pete Calliner of the Pete Calliner Show. Um, I, did get a, uh, I did get a message here, I think. Yes, uh, from Russ on the Twitter machine. Follow me at PeteCalendar. I try to follow everybody back. I do. Um, unless, like, you don't have any tweets, you've got no followers... You don't have a profile picture, and you got like a lot of numbers in your in your name, you know, Pete seven four eight nine zero six two three one. Like I'm not, I'm probably not going to follow you then. If you have all of those things going on on your account, I'm I, I'm assuming you're a bot. So uh, I got this message from Russ, who says a PSA for today's program. W O L O. WOLO? What does that mean? Easily one in five cars, and not just the gray ones, are running with no lights on today. And for your sake, for Pete's sake, don't turn on the hazards unless your vehicle is disabled. They look like timid, inept morons. Yeah, there. this is one of those debates I've seen pop up every now and again, usually during rainstorms, um, particularly argued over by, you know, transplants from California who don't know how to drive in the rain. Uh, and that, that's not my, I look, I'm, I'm just telling you, this is what I have seen and what I have heard over the years of, you know, talking about these types of issues, real hard hitting subjects. And, uh, apparently it doesn't rain a whole lot in California. I mean, it has now recently because you know, of all of the, I guess, the cars that the Californians are driving, all of the or maybe it's the Chinese emissions that flowed across the Pacific. I, I don't know. But they got a whole bunch of rain going on because of all of the global warming and they're they're they don't know how to drive in the rain. That's what I was told by a friend who moved out there, lived out there, worked out there for a long time. And uh he was from here. He was from Rock Hill. So uh I trust him because it rains here. Like every, like almost every single afternoon in the summer. So here's the PSA. Um, I don't know what W-O-L-O means, though. WOLO. Is that like a BOLO? Wiper on the lookout? What does that mean? We only live once. We only live once. Oh, yes, because YOLO means you only live once. So WOLO. Okay. It's the king's WOLO. Uh, easily in one in five cars, not just the gray ones. So this goes to what I have surmised. It's just my guess. I don't know it to be true, but it, it seems like the only rational explanation is that there's some sort of a gray car code that exists among gray car owners. There's a code that you don't turn on your wipers or your lights rather, uh, during, uh, rain storms or at dusk or dawn apparently, but it's really most pronounced during the rainstorms. And it's just really gray outside, and it's raining, and they people with gray cars for some reason feel like this is their moment to be camouflage. I don't know, like fulfilling some sort of lifelong dream. I don't know, but they don't ever turn their lights on. Uh, And so the best I can figure out is that it is some sort of a code. Uh, Maybe there's a rule or something that's in the owner's manual when you buy the car. I I'm not sure. The only gray car I ever owned was a hand me down from my dad. It was a Honda Accord, and the odometer broke on that thing at like 300,000 miles while I was driving it. So <laughs> I don't know. But I always turn my lights on when I, uh, in the rain with the wipers on. And anyway, um, and I do know that other color cars do not burn, uh, don't turn their headlights on, burn their lights during the rainstorms too, but it is most pronounced among the gray cars, and I find it to be the most egregious and offensive because they are gray and they blend right in. So anyway, that's the gray car code, in my opinion. That is based on no scientific research, although once you hear this, you're going to start seeing it a lot. Now that I have identified it for you, you're going to start noticing how many people driving gray cars do not turn their lights on in the rain. I don't understand it. Also, the, the flashers or the hazard lights, people turn these things on. Like I said, I think this is from California. I think it's been imported for some reason. Um, people turn their hazards on while driving. Okay, you're not supposed to do that. Right, you're not supposed to turn your hazard lights on uh, when, the, uh, uh, when you're still driving along in the rain. We all know it's raining. We're right there with you. I'm behind you. I'm in front of you. I'm next to you. I don't need your hazards on to tell me that these are hazardous conditions. I am in the conditions. I, I see them. So turn your lights on, and then I will be able to see the, uh, the red lights uh, of your taillights or the white lights of your headlights in my mirror. That's it. I don't need your hazards to tell me that you're there. I have your other lights to tell me you're there. You shouldn't really ever put your hazards on, as I understand it. You're not supposed to do that unless your car is, like, disabled. Turning your lights on when, yeah, just it's, it's unnecessary. Turn your headlights on, not the hazards. Okay, let me go over here. Tim, are, are you calling from Tucson, Arizona? Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. How are you?
1: All right. I want to give you some insight on uh, people not being able to drive in the rain out west. Okay. Uh, this is always my impression. Um, they do something strange here in uh, this land of sunshine. They like to spray the roads down with oil. Hmm. So they will regularly go out and oil the roads. So when you get a light drizzle, when it does occur, it's like driving on ice.
0: Wait, 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 wait. They spray oil on the roads on purpose? Yes, they have to because of the
1: the intense UV radiation and heat that dries out that asphalt. So they got to spray it down with oil.
0: So but I imagine it doesn't rain a whole lot in Tucson. No, it it, it does not. <laughs> yeah. So and and I remember it one will, of the but when it does, it, it gets scary. Yeah. But eventually I mean after it rains for a little bit, the a lot of that oil will, will run off, right?
1: Yeah, it will. Whatever's yeah. whatever's left to be what hasn't uh you know, evaporated, it, it will run off. Yeah, okay. But uh for that, for a little while there, when it first rains and drizzles, yes, it's very, very slick.
0: It's the most dangerous. Yeah, yeah, most dangerous. They
1: will actually, close down schools because of rain.
0: They will close schools because of rain in Tucson. Yes. All right. Yes. So, do you have any experience of this California effect that I mentioned? Uh,
1: I do not go to California. Mm,
0: yeah, it's probably a wise move. Um, yeah, no, so just something that somebody told me years ago that they noticed when they moved out there from the South, that people, when it rains, even just a little bit, people lose their minds. They don't know how to drive in the rain. And I don't think maybe are they, do they oil the roads in California?
1: That I don't know, but you know, in the Southern part of the state, I would imagine they probably do. They mm. have the same, you know, close to the same problems that you have here in Tucson.
0: Yeah. Uh, hmm. Interesting.
1: So is a possibility.
0: Very interesting. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. All right. You guys All right. have a good one. You too. Take care. Um, Tim in Tucson. Tucson Tim, that's what we call them now. Um, so the oil on the road question, I remember from the DMV test. That was one of the questions on the test because it's the most dangerous time of any rainstorm is the very beginning. And they ask it like that, like, is it safer to drive? At the beginning of a rainstorm, middle of a rainstorm, or the end of a rainstorm, something like that. And the answer is it's at, when it first starts because that's when all the oil comes up off the road. It eventually washes away, and then you don't have the slickness. But when it first starts raining, very, very dangerous because of that oil. That's interesting. I did not know they actually on purpose applied oil to the roads. I wonder what kind of oil. Do they do it like the PAM spray? Ooh, do they have like a big PAM? Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. If they've got, like, a truck that sprays, like, PAM oil uh, on, like, the the cooking sprays on the roads, if that's the kind of application process, we might be able to use that truck and that applicator in the school bus painting apparatus that I have uh, not patented, but I set it on the air, so it's basically trademarked. So my idea to bust the people that pass the stopped school buses. We get some of that oil applicator apparatus, and we attach them to the school buses, and then we spray paint people's cars that go past the school buses when they're stopped. And then everybody can see this jerk past a stopped school bus. Look at their car. It's all covered in red paint or something. Or, I don't know, yellow? Yeah, probably yellow. For the yellow school buses? Or maybe like some tie-dye look or something? Make it ugly. Like fuchsia. I, all right, so Wolo, yeah. Wipers out, guns out. Oh, no, wait. wait. Wipers on, lights on. That was a Chuck Rhodes thing? Uh, I got a message there saying that it was, yeah, from Sue. The Wolo started back with Chuck Rhodes. Wipers on, lights on. Thank you, Sue. A um, couple of messages also on this. Let's see. This one was from uh, the Hellion. Who says, uh, "Brother Pete, if you ever drive through Fancy Gap, Virginia, when the fog is awful, you will turn your hazard lights on while you are moving." I don't know. I, I was up in Asheville for nine years and uh, get pretty crazy amounts of fog during some of, uh, in some of those uh, valleys and through the cuts and stuff. And so but I just I slow down and I turn on my fog lamps. Yeah, it's the first car I've had. It's got, the, like, the lower fog lamp on the bot. I mean, I think that's what it is. I don't really ever, could never tell the difference. But I would turn the, the bottom lights on. And I just go really slowly. And I have my, yeah, I mean, I don't understand the people who, who fly uh, in in dense fog, you know, on, on mountain roads. I don't get it. Um, You'll turn your hazard lights on while you're moving. You can't see anything when conditions are like that up there. I'm talking interstate over that mountain. I don't understand how people keep doing 70 to 75 on that mountain when the fog warning is in effect up there. There was a really bad pileup just a few years ago. I get down to 40 or 45 myself all while white-knuckle driving. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, if you ever go up, I because I used to make the drive when I was in Asheville. So, And this is why my timeline when I talk to people about where I've lived and worked, it's, it's, it's confusing because um, when I first got the job in Asheville, I would drive up on uh, Sunday nights or Monday mornings, but I would drive up and I would do the show and then I would just stay there during the week. I, I rented a little apartment and I would just stay there uh, during the week and then I would drive back home to Charlotte. We lived on, down in Steel Creek on the west side, so it was only like a two-hour drive uh, and, uh, I mean, I could have actually done it every day, but I'm, I was not going to do that. And there's value to being in this city, right? So I spent all the week up there and then either Christy would come up cause she had a good job here. And so she would either come up on the weekends or I would come back to Charlotte on the weekends. So it was kind of one foot in both cities for most of the time while I was working up there. But, um, and I never talked about that because I never wanted people to know that Christie was basically home alone all week. I did not want because, you know, I don't know if you've heard anything about some of the, some of the Moonbat Brigade up in Asheville, but they're insane. There's a lot of insane people up there, and, uh, and so I didn't want that. Uh, I didn't want to uh, publicize that. So. Um, I made that trip a lot in bad weather up and down the mountain. And um, so I saw a lot of terrible drivers. And I think like most of them are from Tennessee in the left lane. That's just generally the case. I don't, I, th- I swear, I think they teach them to drive in the left lane slowly. I, it's got to be on the road test. Um, let me see here. I remember they used to put, this is from Michael, Pete, I remember they used to put used motor oil on dirt and gravel roads when I was a kid to help with the dust. This is a great point. Um, I'm re- I'm actually reading a book by former News & Observer columnist uh, Rob Christensen called The Paradox of North Carolina Politics. And um, in he's got some fascinating tidbits in there about, you know, the, the way North Carolina was, you know, a hundred years ago. And he describes like the poverty rates, lack of indoor plumbing. And so the, all these types of, uh, you know, societal, uh, standard of living, uh, points. And one of them was that I found, it had never even occurred to me, lack of air conditioning. People had their windows open, lack of roads that are paved meant when the cars started coming along, the, uh, the dirt that would get kicked up and it would, it would, Drift into your house. You would get all this dirt into your house. You would get dirt all over your laundry because you didn't have any washing machines or drying machines. So you hung up the laundry outside and the dirt would just get everywhere. And so paving the roads became a very big deal. Yeah. I had not heard of the oil on the dirt roads. 1110 99.3 wbt one last uh one last point on this then i'm going to move on from the driving i I mean i can only bash the moron motorists the motor and morons i can only do it for so long um dan says pete it is a fact californians driving in the rain it is a fact golden staters go totally brain dead driving in the rain It's safer to be standing on the San Andreas Fault during a major rumble than to be driving on the 405 during a thunderstorm. Unless, of course, you're driving an Abrams battle tank. That said, people in Columbia, South Carolina, are not much better when it rains, so I'm comfortable. It's not just a California-only thing. While California brain dead is understandable, I haven't figured out why the same thing applies or happens on I-26 during a shower in Columbia. So... Uh, and that and Dan lives in Colombia, so he can say that. Uh, All righty. So, let me get to this uh, story on uh, on the leaking Swalwell and uh, the leaking Schiff. I mean, different kinds of leaking, but still. Anyway, um, this to me is a hilarious fight that the Democrats have leaned into. They want this fight. Okay, they they are pushing for it. You don't do what they did unless you think you're going to come out ahead. So they've done some sort of a political calculation, and they think that this makes them look good. I mean, as good as you can if Schiff and Swalwell are your standard bearers. But be that as it may, House Democrats, according to The Hill in a piece by Mike Lillis, House Democrats are itching for a fight. It's it's not that they're itching for a fight. They picked it. They antagonized the Republicans into this fight. They wanted, right? They picked a fight and now they got one. This is over whether or not Adam Schiff for brains and Eric Swalwell, whether or not these two get to sit on the House Intelligence Committee. So the new GOP majority. Right in the house, they get to make the assignments and usually, if it's just like regular old committees, then uh, the the minority party submits their names. they're like, these are the people we want on the committees and the Speaker of the House is like, okay, then those people are on the committees. And that's it. It's never uh, it's usually never a big deal. And then there's the House Intel Committee. That's different. It's different. Because you get to see all of the secrets. You get to see stuff. You get to hear stuff. Top secret stuff. They give you all sorts of documents. They just, they just let you do it. And then you take it home. It's amazing. You stash it in some former vice president's home. Like that's... A similar collision is likely to play out in a separate arena over Representative Ilan Omar. So that's a separate issue. Separate issue. So here's what's happening. You got the Democrats who, when asked for the list of people to be on the various committees, Hakeem Jeffries, the new minority leader, right, the new Nancy Pelosi, the new Nancy, he submitted Schiff and Swalwell for the Intelligence Committee. Even though House Speaker Kevin McCarthy had told him, we're not putting them on House Intel. We're not going to put those two guys on the House Intelligence Committee. And Hakeem Jeffries did it anyway. Now, why is Hakeem Jeffries picking this fight? Maybe you could think to yourself, well, he doesn't want to be, you know, told who he can and cannot appoint to a committee. Okay, fair point, right? right, Let's take that argument. Usually in the past, you submit the list of names. The Speaker of the House usually just says, okay, you're on the committee. There's a difference, though, with the Intelligence Committee versus all of the other committees, because you have to have the access to the top secret stuff. So therefore, you've got to have essentially the clearances, right? You you have to you got to be vetted to make sure that you are not compromised because you are going and and therefore a target for extortion, bribery, blackmail, whatever. Um, So they want to make sure that. That you're clean, so when you get this intel, you're not going to sell it off to our adversaries. Also, and to me, this is the big one. Tell me if you've heard anything about this. The caps. Have you heard about this? Regarding this story, have you heard anything about the caps? They put a cap on how many terms you can serve on this committee. Did you know that? I had to go... To the very end of a, well, I'll count the paragraphs during the break, but one, two, three, four, it's the fifth from the last paragraph, second page of a two-page article. I mean, you got to go all the way to the end to find out that under Intelligence Committee rules, rank-and-file members are limited to four cycles. So that's it. You get four cycles on Intel, and that's it. And Swalwell hit that. He's at the fourth. So Hakeem Jeffries putting his name up for this committee is solely designed to have this fight. McCarthy said we're not appointing him. The rules already say there's a cap on it and he's hit the cap and you, you put him up anyway. Jeffries could have simply replaced Swalwell with somebody who's not controversial. Somebody who didn't sleep with a Chinese spy. Because that, that's, right, that's what we're talking about. That's what Swalwell's, and, and apparently the FBI had a lot of concerns about his relationship with Fang Fang. That was her name. So, I don't know. Seems pretty important. You got two strikes on you right there, don't you? You got the FBI concerned about you. You got the, the sleeping with the uh, Chinese spy. And... uh and you hit the cap. That's three. Put somebody else up. But no, Hakeem Jeffries puts up Swalwell. He wants this argument. He wants this fight. Okay. What about uh, Schiff? Well, Schiff is what's called the ranking member, right? He's the most senior member on that committee. And so that makes him the ranking member. And ranking members are exempt from the cap. But he's also added to. But he's the ranking member, so there's a carve-out for him. But Schiff has lied about what the Intelligence Committee has known about and hasn't known about and what is true and what is not. He has promoted the Russia collusion lie and used his position as the chairman in order to make his case that he saw stuff that if we had seen, we would agree with him. When in fact there was actually no evidence to prove any of it, so he lied. So the Democrat narrative is that the Republicans are not point, uh, are not appointing Schiff and Swalwell onto this committee because they say, well, first off, that because they're caving into the most extreme right wing uh, members, that you know McCarthy has to do this because he made a deal in order to be Speaker of the House. That's the first line. The second line is that. The argument McCarthy is making that Adam Schiff uh, is not credible, he's a liar. That, oh, you know, that's pretty rich coming from McCarthy, who just appointed George Santos onto some committees too. So that's the that's the narrative that Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself, are advancing. And they threw this out to Kevin McCarthy. Some reporter tried to tried to argue this to him, and McCarthy, I thought, did a very good job. And maybe, like this, is the the Trump effect that now you're starting to see these people fight back in better ways. Well, you'll hear it in a minute. News Talk 1110993 WBT. <laughs> Alrighty, so got a message here from John, talking about the uh, topic earlier from the hour. Most people do not know that the oil on the road is actually residue from the mind controlling spray that they use when they are doing chemtrails. See, the gas falls through the atmosphere, and what doesn't get absorbed into people's heads around the government to control them falls to the ground and creates a an oil layer or something like that. I think you can find a video about it on YouTube. Thank you, John. I had not heard that before. Sounds interesting. Uh, Let me get David on. He's been holding for a while. Hello, David. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, yeah, this is David. Um, um, I would say my name is Stan, but um, I'm really David. Um, (laughs) uh, Sorry. Um, My comment on the um, the uh, light issue, uh, that's something that, you know, I've I've noticed complained about, particularly with the silver cars, because they do blend into the color of the road. Um, but it's also on the manufacturers, because in your more modern cars, and I don't know when this started, when you get into your vehicle, particularly if the light is a little lower, um, you're... Dash lights automatically are on. Mm-hmm. And if the street lights are adequate, and in many places in Charlotte they are, mm-hmm. these people are driving around without their lights on and they just don't even know it. Right. So um, it, I believe it is partly on the manufacturers that they need to, um, you know, if they're going to automatically have, the, you know, the, at least the side lights come on when the dash lights come on. So that's my comment on that, and um, if you have time, I've got two other off-topic um, comments real quickly, well, I, but no, if you don't, that's fine.
0: Yeah, no, I, I got to get back to the to the Kevin McCarthy thing, because I got to pay this off before the break, but I, I got you on, because you were hanging for a very long time, and uh, you, you wanted to comment about the, the driving cars. I do agree, yeah, if you got the lights on on the dashboard, yeah, I agree that uh, I, I see it all the time, and then I'm afraid to, like, flash my lights at them, because I heard that Oh, I read it on a fax. I think that they used to go around people with fax jokes and stuff and urban legends. And they were like, "Oh, if you flash your lights, it's a gang thing, and then they come and they follow you and shoot you and kill you because it's an initiation thing." They drive around with their lights off. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if that's true. Um, all right, so let me get back to the, uh, let me get back to the uh, the Swalwell issue and the Schiff issue. Oh, that's, ooh, that was dangerous. <clears throat> all right. So here's Kevin McCarthy asked about um, asked about this, you know, hypocrisy. That's what they're trying to uh, they're trying to make this argument. The media and the Democrats are trying to make this argument that the Republicans, particularly McCarthy, are hypocrites because they're putting George Santos, that, you know, congenital liar. They're putting him on some committees. And you're not putting Swalwell and Schiff on their committee. You're a hypocrite. And remember, rule number two of journalisming is when the scandal is about a Democrat, the story is the Republican reaction to the scandal, right? Guess what's the scandal here? The scandal is that Adam Schiff lied. I've got, I've got the receipts. We'll get into it, apparently, at the top of the next hour. So we're going to get into that. Swalwell, he is an FBI intel risk, Right. He's a risk on that committee. He never should have been allowed on it. All right, so here is McCarthy responding to this reporter's loaded badgering mm, bad faith question. Speaker, you just us you are keeping out of shift moving the Intel committee. Is is Santos on the Intel committee? Am I
2: allowing Shift am I allowing Shift to be on other committees? For a second, I, just... Go right ahead. Respectfully, thank you. Um because you have direct power over who goes on intelligence. But you also will be able to raise for your whole house, for taking off other Democrats, perhaps Representative Omar. But you have said that lying to us is something that means you should be removed for the intelligence committee. But why is it not a
0: factor? In- so, all right. So I know it's echoey. It's probably really a, a poor uh, acoustics uh, to try to hear it in the uh, over the radio. So what she's asking is, like, you've said, That lying to us, the, you know, defenders of democracy, the the media people, you've said that lying to us should keep him, disqualify uh, Schiff uh, from the Intelligence Committee, but you're putting Santos on committee, so what's up with that? What's the deal with that? So either this reporter is ignorant, or she thinks the speaker is, or... She's hoping her colleagues and her audience is whoever that audience is. I don't know if she's a print person or you know radio or TV, whatever. Those are the explanations. She doesn't know what she's talking about, or she does, and she's hoping that McCarthy and you and her colleagues and everybody else that they don't know what she's talking about that she, she's not seeing any kind of a difference between the Intel Committee and every other committee. because you know what? Hang on, you know what Committee Santos is on here. He got two committee assignments, and by the way, he's also, they're, they're running him through the ethics committee because of all of his lies, right? By the way, did you see, like, the latest thing with this guy that he was, he apparently dressed as a woman at, like, some, where was it, like, Brazil or something? At some drag contest or something, whatever. And he says he's not trans, he's not a drag queen. Of course, he's a liar about everything, so you don't know. Like, that's the thing about liars. You can't trust anything that they say. So, like, to me, it's hilarious that these reporters are running around sticking a microphone in his face and asking him to comment on things like, do you not realize he's a liar? Why would you ask him a quote for anything? How could you trust anything that he says? Because he's lied about, like, everything. He says he just dressed up as a woman for that contest. He's not a drag queen. But you know what committees they put him on? The House Subcommittee on Drag Queen. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the House Small Business Panel and the Science, Space, and Technology Committee. These are the these are the plum assignments that he has received. And he's probably going to get booted from them if he's not booted from Congress because now they also found out that he lied about loaning his campaign this uh, half a million dollars. And now you're talking about campaign finance fraud.